What say you? What say you? What say you? which I tried to problem solve. Testing, testing. Dad, if you wouldn't mind giving me a sound check there. Ba -ba 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 Good. Okay. And Nan, if you wouldn't mind giving me a sound check. Hello, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Frank Reviews, a father-son expedition through pop culture. I am Harrison the Sun. And I am pop culture. Pop culture. And joining like... Blah, blah, blah. Let me try that again. Joining us for the fifth time in a row as we are now five-sixths through the Lord of the Rings trilogy is my grandmother, Nan. Say hi, Nan. Hi, everybody. And uh, before we actually get to this week's movie, Dad, I absolutely forgot last week to get your uh, rating and review for The Two Towers, the previous movie in the trilogy. Rating and review? Oh, yes. man. Yes, out of five stars and just your one-line review, do you remember anything from that movie? I barely remember it. Yeah, like um, a little over a week ago the, now. I know, but it's <laughs> it, it just these movies are all melting together. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, very good. Really enjoyed it. Four and a half, I'll say, mm -hmm. only because I don't know if anybody deserves five. <clears throat> um, but uh, lots of great scenery, lots of great action, um, and the characters are fabulous. Especially the ants. They were my fave. All right. And now it's official. And anyway, this week we started The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, Extended Edition, Disc 1. Uh, which takes us from the uh, uh, beginning of the movie, obviously, right up until they trot out a massive door breaker in front of Minas Tirith. Uh, Minas Tirith? Minas... Yeah, it's been a while. All right. Anyway, Dad, what was your immediate thoughts on this half what? of The Return of the King? Um, the, the action is great. The right. action is great. And it's... Um, it's, it's interesting <laughs> to see, like... Um, I was kind of sad to see Sam kind of yeah, like get he's a left little in the lurch. funny. Yeah, he kind of like got a little funny, but you know the ring's got all that power, and that's what's mm -hmm. driving mm -hmm. people and stuff. Uh, and um, Frodo is just getting more and more strung out. Mm -hmm. to, you know, mm -hmm. the poor guy. Oh, what did you think of? Uh, well, Nan, you as well, but the opening sequence in which we see. Uh, Gollum, well, uh, uh, Smeagol and his friend Deagle finding and fighting over the ring. What did you, uh, what did we think oh, of that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and he catches the fish and the fish, yeah. the fish goes, it takes off. And, um, um, I was wondering why that big, why that, well, regular sized fish, a little bit big fish, 
was able to pull him out and all the right. way under unless it, he was destined to find he, the it, ring. It's really not like addressed too much in the movies. It's addressed very briefly in the books, but Smeagol and by extension Deagle are actually hobbits. So okay. what is a relatively medium-sized fish to us is certainly strong enough to yank a hobbit overboard, I okay. think. Yeah, but, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um it's not really addressed all that much, and you don't really realize that in the movies until this sequence, where you see these two very small figures strangling one another. Yes, uh, well, and <laughs> and you get is that the first time we get to see the regular the the actual actor Andy Circus? Yes. No, the no, no the the not weird um, Gollum. Yes, uh, uh, Smeagol, Smeagol, as played by Andy Serkis, who does the acting for Gollum Smeagol in CGI, okay. but this is also the first time you get to see his actual physical face. Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> when he when he was, I was going to say human, but when he was Hobbit. He, he does so very little on-screen acting, it's always a treat when you get to see his actual physical face, because he's usually playing some sort of motion capture Okay. Uh, Thing, either Gollum or King Kong or Caesar in the Planet of the Apes. That's a lot of fun. Nan, what did you think of that sequence? Right up on the mic there. It's not a sequence that's in the um, the movie version. I, I think it is. I don't remember it in the movie I version. I mean, fair enough. But uh, it seemed like it was new to me. Well, the the. It's, it it always catches me off guard. I always forget how that's how the movie opens, regardless of how I'm watching it. That said, I haven't seen the theatrical edition in uh, eighteen years. Maybe as soon as the extended edition DVD came out, I'm like, no, this is garbage, and just frisbeed it out the door. <laughs> um, but the big new sequence that we got in in the extended edition here is uh, everything to do wrapping up uh, Saruman. Uh, as a storyline, uh, he obviously suffered defeat uh, in the Two Towers. Um, the White Wizard dead. Christopher Lee? Right, yeah. Yes. And part of why I wanted to talk about this is because I can finally talk about this. So I think I said last time how uh, uh, Christopher Lee uh, uh, fought against Nazis in World War II and speaks all of these languages and met Tolkien. So in in this version of... The movie, he gets stabbed in the back by Wormtongue and then falls to his death. And Peter Jackson, the director, said, well, when you're stabbed, you should scream and then fall and whatever. And Christopher Lee says, I know what sound a man makes when he is stabbed in the back. And it's not a scream, it's a uh, because all of the air is coming out of your lungs. Um, and uh, Peter Jackson says... I don't want to know how he knows that. I'm going to take his word for it. So that's how he dies in the movie. And again, I'm so excited for the possibility that his uh, uh, exploits might finally be uh, revealed sometime within my lifetime. I don't care when. I just want to read about him stabbing Nazis in the back. If, if that's all I want. But man, this is this is. I I know the first time you've seen that sequence. So what did yes. you think of all of all of uh, Saruman's death? It was good to see him go. <laughs> yes. yes, 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 yes. He's caused enough trouble. Yes, Dad. Dad, what did you think? It was kind of cool when he fell on that. 
um, wheel, the water yeah. wheel. I don't know. What's the purpose of having a spiked wheel like that? That is my exact question. Like, yeah. why are there these big spikes on a water wheel? <laughs> uh, it's... It, 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 I it, couldn't see any function for them yeah. other than to spear this guy when he came down. So, from the tower. So in the in the book, he faces a very different death, and um, at the end of the uh, spoiler alert, after they defeat the the ring and whatnot, Dad, I'm sorry, I'm giving this away now, a week before we see the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, but they all go I'll, back. I'll forget it. Anyway. Yeah, 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 they all go back to Hobbiton, and they find out that the whole of the Shire has been taken over by some sort of weird person that they can't figure out who, and uh, the Hobbits have to lead, like, a revolution and take back the Shire. And I fully get why it's not in the movie, because, like, the movie, as you'll see next week, Dad, has, like, nine endings already, and this would just be too much of a movie. I just like that it's in the books. But you find out that the person that has taken over the Shire is Sauron, and he's now living in Bag End, and he's just kind of taken the whole place over and turned it to his own evil business practices or whatever, and living, and you know, he's a capitalist, and I'm sure there's nothing, <laughs> I'm sure there's nothing in, in today's modern society that can be construed like that, Amazon workers having to pee in bottles because they aren't allowed breaks, uh, and not given a living wage, but... Uh, you find out it's Saruman, and then, like, right in front of uh, Frodo's front door, he is stabbed to death by Wormtongue. So, he kind of meets the same fate, just very different circumstances. Um, I just like that that's how Tolkien decided to end it. Oh, he's going to lead the, the Shire in an industrial revolution to prove how evil that is, and then he's going to get stabbed. Excellent. Um... <laughs> Nan, did you have anything that stood out to you in particular this time around, or a favorite sequence in the movie in general? Or Well, the orcs not only need a dentist, <laughs> oh, they man. need a haircut. Oh. oh, my God. The ones that have hair, yeah. yeah. Oh, Dad, you just cut out, and I'm not sure why. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, okay. Hello, no. hello. I think I'm bumping wires or something like that. This laptop's uh, on its last legs, I think, but whatever. Um, yeah, the, the, they really upped their game in terms of the ugliness of the orcs. I'm like, the, the lead orc in the Battle of Minas Tirith, I think his name is Grand. He's, uh, got a bad leg. He's only got one functional arm. Half of his face looks like melted off. Like, he's like Two-Face from Batman if both sides were the bad side. <laughs> but um, he's apparently some sort of military genius. So uh, th this half of the movie literally ends with all of the orcs chanting, Grand, Grand, Grand. Which, uh, yeah, that's the big battering ram. Yeah. Well, no. He, Grand is the big orc that brought out the battering ram. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure if he's a character in the books, but they've certainly given a title role to uh, just what could have otherwise been a nameless character, uh, which I always like. Um, oh, God, there's so much. We finally meet uh, properly uh, 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 Denethor, Faramir and Baramir's father. We see how much uh, Faramir is the unfavorite child. 
to an extreme degree. Right. It breaks your heart. Uh, oh, no, what breaks your heart is as Faramir is charging towards Osgiliath, uh, uh, Pippin sings that song, and mm-hmm. y- it's like... You can't not cry. Mm-hmm. It's like if somebody like condensed all of the endings to all of the Pixar movies into uh, a minute and a half and just had it out on you, Dad. What did you think of uh, uh, of of that of that, Wait, that song? Um, it was kind of weird. I, I, it didn't seem to me. It's like it seemed totally out of place. It didn't seem to make sense to me. I, I it's think like that's well, the point. Like Denethor is asking for a song as he's eating dinner a, a, in the it was a poem way. or something, wasn't it? Oh, a it song, was, song. Yeah, right, yeah, right, the song. Right. Yeah. Uh, so Tolkien, that's actually a poem written by Tolkien, and Billy Boyd, the actor, was just given the lines and said, "Could you make up a tune to this?" And he came back like same day and and brought that out, and now it's like the moment that people really like cling to in this movie just as a, oh god oh why ow it uh it always hurts me whenever i watch it <laughs> or if i'm listening to the soundtrack oh i need a good cry mm. yeah uh dad what what else stood out to you in, in well this? i'm trying i'm trying to remember let me see schmeagle got the ring no what well, yes Smeagol got the ring at the beginning of the movie. Yes, and, and that's then, how we learned Gollum's backstory. Yes, and then we he sort of ends up being ruined by it, and turning mm-hmm. into Gollum. Yeah. But then, how did he lose the ring? Uh, they go over that very briefly in the, and I don't blame you for forgetting this, in uh, uh, the pro the, the eight-minute-long prologue at the beginning of the first movie. Um, apparently the ring sensed that, uh, Sauron was, uh, uh, rebuilding his forces, so it just literally abandoned Gollum. Like, it intentionally slipped off of his finger or out of his pocket. Okay. Or, I guess, loincloth, whatever it is he's wearing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but it is, it is made clear, especially in the books, that the ring kind of has a mind of its own. Yeah, you can sense that, it was, it was hiding with Gollum. Uh, for 500 years and then oh it abandons I know and then it abandons him uh, thinking that it's going to get picked up by some orc and then make its way back to Sauron and instead Bilbo Baggins finds it okay and we haven't seen that uh no uh we saw that very briefly in the prologue of the first movie okay it takes maybe 30 seconds okay in in the movie uh if you want they did make an entire trilogy out of a 150-page children's book called The Hobbit, which I've seen the first one. I don't I don't care to see the rest of them. They're just like... You know what? I have um, the animated version. Yes! I remember that good. one. I remember that one. Um, so, like, uh, let me see if I can remember the dates. So, in 1976, Rankin-Bass made an animated version of The Hobbit. And as a little kid, I remember the art style always kind of threw me off. It's like, I get it now, like it's a very unique style, but I did not care for it as a small child. Um, but that's that's like an hour and a half long, and it covers the entire book, really. And then when they went to make the movies, they decided to stretch it out into three, three-hour long And it just, like, for these movies, they had to condense everything to fit it into 
you know, well, theatrically nine hours. But for The Hobbit, they just found stuff from, like, the appendices and the backstory, then this and that and the other thing, and jammed it into there. I do not care for it. But the animated... The animated version is very good, yes. And it includes all of the songs, so, yeah. Well, wait, um, so then how how did Bilbo find the ring? He was lost under the mountain and literally stumbled across it in the dark. Okay. Yeah. And we saw that. And, well... Yes sort and no. Okay. It was covered very briefly. Okay. The The short version is that he accidentally finds it after getting separated from the rest of his crew. Okay. And then he finds Gollum, and they uh, engage, because it's a book from 1933, they engage in a game of riddles. Okay. And uh, that's how... Um, and Gollum promises that if he wins, if Bilbo wins... Uh, he'll lead him out of the caves back to daylight, and if Gollum wins, then he gets to eat Bilbo. And Ooh. well, yeah, no, exactly. And the 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 end of the riddle is Bilbo absentmindedly fishing around in his pockets and being, "What do I have in my pockets?" At you know, finding the ring in there, and Gollum treats that as an actual riddle, and he guesses wrong, and then well. Enemies for life, really, which okay. is why Gollum remembers Bilbo's name, and that sets the whole chain in motion where okay. Gollum gets captured by uh, uh, the orcs and gets uh, uh, tortured, and that leads the ringwraiths to the Shire to find Baggins, and this and that, and this, you know, whatever. Okay. Yeah. There's about 60 years between the events of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, and then there's another 17 years between, like, the first chapter of The Lord of the Rings and the rest of the book. So it covers a whole lot of time. Okay. Uh, yeah. Any other questions, Nan? Did we, Dad? <laughs> did, did we ever... Did anybody ask, why does Sam keep saying Mr. Frodo? I think it's... I think it's like a class thing. Um Obviously, uh, Tolkien was exceedingly British, um, and they've got that very built-in upstairs-downstairs thing, and Frodo is the master of the house, and Sam is just the gardener, so it's very much a... Okay. uh, Yeah, it's very much one of those things, um, but it just becomes kind of endearing, almost. Yeah, And uh, Yeah, and obviously, as the movies and the story progress... Uh, it just becomes more about friendship than anything else. But uh, I think it also just hammers home how humble Sam is in general. Yes. Uh, yeah, that always that's, well, that's always stood out to me. He's got a mean streak in him, too, though. Ooh, Sam? Yeah. He well, just, against he Go- does, you he, see him against Gollum. Yeah, he doesn't trust Gollum. Yeah. I mean, can you blame him for not trusting Gollum? No. <clears throat> no. <laughs> well, like, I, I don't know. Gollum had me fooled. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I thought Gollum was gonna be okay well did know? did Gollum fool you or did Smeagol uh have you because I think Smeagol is the source of sympathy and Gollum is just okay the wretch okay so yeah yeah well when he yeah. said that he would he would lead them I thought ah that's never gonna work but then he ultimately does it, it's up to oh, man I'm so excited for for the next half of this movie like I've been building this up for weeks now Nan dad but uh, the next half of this movie is almost all catharsis. It's okay. all just everything that these movies have been building for. It's all coming to a head. Like, this was one of the first early 
experiences I had with just like a near religious experience in a movie theater. Mm. Like Weird. when the first movie came out in December, 2001, there were a lot of people just like, what, what's this? What's a Hobbit? What's it's And then, you know, as time progresses, people start quoting, <laughs> you shall not pass. But two years later, December, 2003, when this movie comes out, whole crowd going insane and standing ovation every time a recognized character came on screen for the first time and and oh god and when the second half of the movie happens uh we'll talk about it next week certainly yes say religious experience i do think that that's one of the things that um tolkien was trying to get across right in, in what way? In a religious experience as to... I put the I... Okay. Sauron. Sauron, yeah. Sauron. Yeah. As the devil. Okay. And Frodo as God. Fair enough. I don't know if Tolkien set out to make a straight-up allegory... Uh, in the way that uh, Aslan the Lion in The Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe is very clearly a stand-in for Jesus. Um, he, I think he said it was more uh, allegorical rather than a straight-up allegory. Because so many people have compared um, the different factions and the different cultures to different European cultures and stuff like that. Um and obviously this book was being written during the course of World War II. I don't think he straight up meant for any of that to have a straight one-to-one meaning. Um, also, I'm not entirely sure Jesus was guided through uh, mountains by uh, a half-corrupted, horrifying uh, uh, former hobbit. So <laughs> that'd be great if he was, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, what's that? It's, it's the... Uh, it's the the last temptation, where 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 he's offered the ring by the serpent. That would be kind of nice, yeah. Uh, Dad, anything else you wanted to mention? I or, think uh, it's it's pretty cool that the dead in the mountain decide oh, to side yes. with the good guys. Yes, yes. And I mean, there's a lot of dead in there. I imagine there's <laughs> a lot okay. more we haven't seen. Okay, so that's that's actually something interesting. So a lot of that sequence, like um, Aragorn says, what say you? And then this in the theatrical version, it just cuts and you don't see Aragorn and G- uh, Gimli and Legolas for like another 45 minutes an hour in the theatrical cut. And in this version, the extended edition, they like the ghosts all disappear and then they have to escape an avalanche of skulls, which I think yes. we mentioned, where are all the other bones? Yeah. Why is it just skulls? Yeah. But this movie won 11 Academy Awards. Uh, it won every single uh, award it was nominated for. The, I think the only clean sweep in Oscar history. Wow. Yeah. And the joke is it won... 11 awards and then literally the next day uh when they were back in well the next time a day or two later when they were back in new zealand they were shooting additional footage for the movie that just won 11 academy awards for this extended edition and uh i have a distinct 
uh, memory in the special features of them shooting just a pile of skulls collapsing onto the floor for this specific sequence. Uh, yeah, so that's exciting. That was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think this movie is... Yeah, hang on. Let me double check. Most Academy Awards. I'm pretty sure it's tied with Titanic. Uh, oh, Catherine Hepburn has the most Oscars of all time. That's a fun bit of trivia. Uh, here we go. So, the three movies with the most awards won by a single film is 11 Academy Awards total. And that's Ben-Hur in 1959, Titanic in 1997, and The Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Uh, So Ben-Hur was nominated for 12, Titanic was for 14, and Return of the King was nominated for 11. So that is... So even though it was nominated for less, it still won all of them. All of them. And that in itself is a record. Yeah. Uh, I always like to taunt that to, to, to movie or theater nerds like Lord of the Rings has the only clean sweep or at least the biggest clean sweep. And, uh, the Broadway show, the producers has the most Tony awards of any Broadway show ever. I think it won more than hello. Dolly. Wow. I forget the exact number, but it definitely will. Yeah, exactly. So, Return of the King, Springtime for Hitler, greatest pieces of art of all time. <laughs> yes, you got it. <laughs> the science backs it up, folks. Uh, Nan, anything else you wanted to mention before we plunge into next week and the, the end of the trilogy? No, but I can't wait till next week. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so uh, uh, I am Harrison Lickner, H.D. Lickner, uh, on the tweets and pod underscore Frank. Also on the tweets, we're also Frank Reviews on uh, Letterboxd. Tune in next week for Dad's review of Return of the King Return on there. of the King. And uh, Dad, take us away. More snow coming on Thursday. <clears throat> That's right. More snow, folks, for you uh, m- mid uh mid-Atlantic states and New England and stuff. Um, and uh, get your COVID shot. I got my second one today. Woo-hoo! Yeah. Yes. Um, and Dad can go breathe on people now. Yes, people can breathe on Go me. lick those handrails. <clears throat> yes. And um, be good to each other and do your homework and do something positive with your life. Hi, this is Harrison, later in the past. I absolutely forgot while we were making these episodes that uh, Sean Monaghan, who made our theme song, also made back in 2002 uh, uh, a full song about the entire Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, uh, every person gets their own verse. Uh, I think I, I, I'm pretty sure I wrote a few of the verses, I think. Don't cite me on that, but there it is. Uh, so please enjoy... By Sean Monahan, where the shadows lie.
is a thing afraid of myself But I just decided that I'm having fun All my people knew me so I looked in my throat Hey, welcome to where we go We don't know who is Things we join and travel on But in the dark Shine, it's fine, design, it's fine, but I cannot use it. 